0: Welcome to the last spooky edition of the October PFF forecast. It is October 30th. This is the PFF forecast. I'm George. I've got Brad and Ben. We're going to do our regular Sunday night. We've got big takeaways, three big takeaways from this week. A lot of really good stuff. Some not so great stuff about some of the quarterback play that we've seen, particularly from young quarterbacks. And then, of course, we're going to guess the week nine lines. It's going to be a great podcast. Let's rock. Welcome to all of the members of the printing press, hopefully a lot of very, very rich members of the printing press, because uh, there was some money to be made if you listen to this podcast, uh, both the Wednesday and Sunday night editions from last week, a lot of money to be made. Um, I, I managed to participate a little bit in that. Ben, I understand you participated in it both on the NFL and college as well, so that's paying for the new frames that you've got. <laughs>
1: I mean somebody had to do it right but I do think this was one of the one of the first weekends where I really combined like really good college betting with NFL in the same weekend so I am uh I am uh kind of flying on cloud nine right now and I'm loving it I might have to buy you know some new frames some new hairdo or something like that. The <laughs> last last week's podcast really like boosted my morale to the point where I'm feeling like a million bucks, I would say for
0: sure. So. In case, and, and I am assuming there is people that are like, "What are you talking about?" Someone went into the the YouTube chat and said that you look like Tom Hardy, and and then you oh. won and, and you made a bunch of money this weekend. So, like, I don't know, it's it's on the up and up. Um, yeah. Brad, did you uh, you were like five and zero on your picks from
2: our, our early bets from last Sunday? Well, I we're at an all time high for the show? Then, because you know, I am going to knock on wood as I say this. I don't even know what it's like to lose a bet. I forget that feeling. It hasn't happened in so long, um, so I am sure I am going to go zero ten next weekend. Terrible, but yeah. I, I did not lose a bet this entire weekend, which I don't know, I don't remember I've ever had that happen in a weekend. So
0: uh, I did lose. I did lose a bet this weekend. Um, unfortunately, uh, I had a decent position on the Cardinals um, in a couple of different places, and I uh, Chris Godwin over six and a half was one of my larger uh bets of the week and he like had there was one throw that Brady made to, to Godwin and it got tipped he was wide open it would have been yep. his seventh uh his seventh catch and on the the final drive they're throwing the ball to every single player on the Bucs team except for Chris Godwin so um I don't know um maybe they, they just uh it, the, I think the best thing that happened from a Tampa Bay perspective uh from a receiver, on Tampa Bay Bucks perspective is the way that Aaron, Antonio Brown said parody. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> that was parody how he said it. Par, parody. It was like a combination of parody and parody. Really good. Um, okay, let's let's get into takeaways from this week. So we're gonna do one big takeaway uh, from each of us. Ben, we'll start with you. What was your big takeaway from this week?
1: Yeah, this is a little bit more of like a macro viewpoint, but I do think game level scoring is kind of going to be shifting more towards the over. I think we're going to see a little bit of a correction in the second half of the season. I know we've heard a lot of different reasons for why scoring is down. Uh, I it, 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 This sounded better than what it did before that uh, Sunday Night Football debacle where we didn't actually get over the total. But uh, totals this week went 7-7 seven and seven toward the over. But I think we're going to see a little bit more of a trend where we do see some higher scoring games. I think the reason why um, we haven't seen that so far has obviously been the quarterback play. But I think specifically quarterback play in unstable situations is the reason why, uh, you know, scoring overall has been down. I think because from a clean pocket perspective, uh, it's actually tracking quite well quarterback play from prior season. And I think the real outlier has been uh, quarterback play under pressure and in long down a distance situations. So I think if you kind of, Project out some regression to happen in those two categories specifically. We could see the overall mean of quarterback play rise a little bit. I also think, you know, some injury situations are gonna force guys that are a little bit more mobile and kind of able to handle that pressure type situation uh just a little bit better. And I do think that if that plays out, uh, we're gonna see overs with the fact that the betting market is kind of, I would say, uh, you know, adjusting just a little bit too much probably start to hit at a more decent clip than what we've seen for the first, you know, seven, eight weeks of this season. So I'm looking forward to it. I looked into basically, you know, like offensive line play. I think that's kind of holds, kind of held steady from basically like a pass blocking and run blocking perspective. I think, you know, rushing grades overall are at one of the highest levels they've been at in the past decade. So really it's, it's kind of bring the pressure situation. I think that if we can alleviate that a little bit, uh, I definitely think that overs on game totals are definitely going to be Probably the spot to target, I would say, for the rest of the season. Not just in Lions games. Not just in Lions games. Not just in Seahawks games either. Not just in the Cardinals games either. uh, But I would say, you know, in the majority of games where we see quarterbacks that have actually been pretty good from a clean pocket, and you can go on pff.com and kind of look at this particular stat, and it might surprise you a little bit, you know, who our highest graded quarterbacks have been from a clean pocket. But I think kind of buying into those guys to actually progress a little bit better, uh, I do think is going to be a pretty profitable strategy for the rest of the season.
0: Another profitable strategy is looking at uh, PFF's app and seeing the matchup, the quarterback, uh, quarterback wide receiver matchup chart that's now in the PFF app. Um, you can find it by searching PFF on the Apple iOS app store. The highest, uh, the, the biggest mismatch this entire weekend was A.J. Brown against the uh, Steelers wide receivers, uh, or cornerbacks, I should say. Um, <laughs> they should have been trying to play wide receiver. Uh, it did not go well for them. Uh, A.J. Brown and the Eagles, one of those teams that, to your point, Ben, it does feel like there's a little bit more juice from a few more teams, right? Obviously, you have the Chiefs, right. Bills, and, uh, and Eagles, who are all kind of, um, you know, they're putting up points every single week. But now I think you have the Cowboys, who are starting to figure it out. Um, and, uh, you know, you have like the Seahawks to your point who are a good
2: offense, uh, with Geno Smith. I don't know. It's very, very interesting. Brad, what's your big takeaway from this week? Yeah, you know, I think it's time to start being legitimately worried about this twenty twenty one quarterback class. You try to be patient, you try to let there have a decent sample size, but um, you know, everyone wanted to anoint Trevor Lawrence after a couple games early this year. Some, you know, this more self righteous yeah. analysts in the game, not you, uh, you know, <laughs> putting him top ten in the rankings and stuff like that is, is frankly, laugh out loud funny in hindsight. Um, I mean, the guy's not not good right now. He, he's objectively not a good quarterback right now. Um, they had they scored 17 points, but none of that on a drive over 50 yards. They did not sustain a drive the entire game. Yes, Denver is a good defense. It was in London, all that, but you know what? 18 to 31 for 130 yards. I want to say um, an awful interception on first and goal at the one yard line, and just throws it right into the guy's hands uh, for Denver. I think it was Justin Simmons. But then also, there are four of that four of the six guys. That are bottom six in quarterback grading for us right now are Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. Um, Fields, though, top 10 over the last month, starting to play some better better football. But still, the class as a whole, it's, it's starting to be, are these guys just, you know, as, as incredible as the class was supposed to be? Are they maybe just not that good?
0: I feel like Patrick Mahomes, to a certain degree, like ruined quarterback. Yeah,
1: but, yeah. Play. yeah. I honestly agree with and I agree with that and I agree with like him and Josh Allen are like such big outliers and the fact that we mm-hmm. got them like so close together like kind of ruins our idea of how to actually evaluate quarterback play at the NFL level in a lot of
0: ways so. and how I think some of these guys progress a little bit you right. know there's I I watched the Jets Pats game pretty closely um and honestly like Brad uh, one of my considerations for a takeaway was like what we witnessed on that football field from a quarterbacking perspective was perhaps the worst thing that football has ever delivered to, to fans um zach wilson was horrific but the way he was horrific i think is the ch- is like the tough thing for people he goes around he's he runs around for 10 seconds and then throws some passes that you go like on your running around there, did you, did you like slip on like a crystal meth rock and, you know, inhale it somehow? Because how could you make that throw afterwards? I saw, I forget who it was that tweeted this out, but it was basically, they said, Zach Wilson plays like Patrick Mahomes blacked out. <laughs> and like yeah. that, when I read that, I was like, you know what? I think a lot of quarterbacks do that. Like, it's not just um, Zach Wilson, even though he's like the worst example of that, but I do think, to a certain um, degree, a lot of these quarterbacks are coming into the league now, and a lot of their bad plays happen on plays like what Patrick Mahomes does. Honestly, just makes me more appreciative of what Mahomes does. Uh, to be to be clear, um, okay. My big takeaway for from this weekend, I don't know that it probably should have been something that I had, had uh, earlier on, but the Rams. <laughs> The Rams are so bad. They have the worst offense on first and second down in the entire league. I mean, this is a bad year for NFL quarterback play and NFL offenses. And the worst of them are the Rams. I mean, the the Bears are better. The Panthers are better. The Panthers look so much more
1: explosive
0: than the Rams do right now. Cooper Cup is injured. I can't imagine what will happen to this offense. But I went and took a look. I mean, at the the picks that the Rams have. I mean, the trade deadline is coming. If Cooper Cup is injured, you have traded away so much draft capital, and you have Sean McVay. You've given him, you know, a, a long term deal, a lot of money. I I think they should be sellers at, at the trade deadline. I mean, they are really, 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 really bad. And what's interesting to think about here, in hindsight, is. How a dropped interception? If it weren't for it, was it Jimmy Ward, Jacwisky, Tardy? Uh, it, it, it was yeah. Tart, yeah. Um, who drops that interception in the NFC Championship game? If he catches that, not only am I a lot wealthier, but the the Mass Stafford yeah. story has a really interesting right. turn, right? And we've talked about it this year, where teams going all in have just been ter- it's been terrible, right? But it's interesting. Look at the teams who caused all those other teams to go all in the Rams and the Bucks, and both those teams suck as well. And so it's very interesting. You know, they, both those teams hit on maybe the kind of Black swan ish of, uh, you know, uh, likelihood outcomes of winning a Super Bowl, And really it doesn't seem to be something uh, that's working out so well, but, um, yeah, the Rams, my takeaway is the Rams suck. And I think we'll see that when I was guessing the lines, um, I have them as a, uh, as an underdog at home, uh, this week. So, um, I guess any other, as you guys are looking ahead to, uh, Monday night and we have Browns and, um, and Bengals in Cleveland, Ben three and a half. How are you playing this one?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was all in on the the Bengals early on, obviously, throughout the entire season, but even this week, I did have them, um, you know, quite a bit on some look headlines, some other spots at three. So I-, I felt pretty good with the initial move up to three and a half. Obviously, that disappeared with the Jamar Chase injury, but I mm-hmm. still think this is very much a spot where the Bengals can, uh, you know, take advantage of a-, a Browns defense that I think is very overrated with the personnel that they're going to be able to put on the field here on Monday Night Football. So I'm buying into the Bengals still. I do think it's going to come a lot through, you know, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. I do think that we're going to see Joe Burrow still be, you know, continue to kind of be in this three, three week type of progression where he has been really good, really accurate, can move the football downfield. I don't think they're really going to skip too much of a beat without Jamar Chase. So I'm buying into the Bengals. I'm buying into, you know, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd over reception prop. Uh, what's his, T Higgins what's his over reception prop. So we have met. Right now, uh, and this is consensus line, so Tyler Boyd over 5.5 receptions plus 126. So uh, you are getting, you know, a, a pretty heavy plus price on him going over. Obviously, a lot of his targets have been, you know, underneath low average depth of target type plays. I think we're going to see that kind of continue. I also think we're going to see T. Higgins probably went a little bit more in the intermediate and, and long routes. And I do think that those two guys specifically, you know, should both, I would say, pretty easily go over their reception props here on Monday night. Okay.
0: All right. I have, uh, I have the Browns and in, in Circa Millions uh, and um, need, need them to come through uh, to have a, a maintain the 60% clip. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we'll see. I, I think one question I was going to ask is, Brad, do you have any insight on the Kareem Hunt stuff?
2: So I was watching a couple guys today, Brandon Cooks. One of them, he did play and was pretty active, had four catches for them, 70-something yards. Cream Hunt's a guy where I wouldn't put him in a fantasy lineup. I would bet his under 9.5 carries, which we already think is a massive edge regardless. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I think there's a possibility he's kind of held out or not really used to keep him healthy. Uh, You know, I don't know anything right now, but I'm I'm monitoring all those things for sure.
0: be very interesting. I found it uh, kind of funny that people were talking about Trading for Kamara, you know, first for, for Alvin Kamara when Kareem Hunt can be had for like a fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely nuts. insane. Um, absolutely crazy. All right. Uh, ben, thank you so much for hanging out with us and for uh, rocking the Tom Hardy shades. We appreciate to. you. You can find Ben Brown, by the way, all of his great work on PFF's app and PFF.com. Follow him at PFF underscore Ben Brown. I must say, the Twitter content. You have been on fire lately with, I mean, you've got, you've got animations on, on Twitter. It was like a year ago where I, you know, Ben was nary a data viz to be seen. And now probably like one of the, the three best follows. There's a lot of good ones on, on Twitter, but you should go follow Ben Brown uh, at PFF underscore Ben Brown on Twitter. Members of the printing press will benefit Ben. Thank you for hanging out with us and we will talk to you later.
1: Talk to you later guys. Have a good one.
0: Before we get to Arjun to guess the lines, a brief reminder, of course, to go make sure you get your PFF plus subscription. You can get it on PFF.com or I highly recommend PFF app, which you can find by searching, as I mentioned, PFF on the Apple iOS store. Also, a good uh, reminder, if you are in a place that does not have legal sports betting, bro throw it's an exchange um, and I'm exchange. Sorry, it's, that's that's not doing it justice. You can go to Brothrow.com and you can bet with other people against other people and get paid out without having to pay any big. So you bet ten bucks, you win ten bucks. You bet a hundred bucks, you win hundred bucks. And uh, instead of the you know minus one ten that you see on sports books, no fees, no juice, no middleman on Brothrow. It's basically a social platform where you can bet against people and then you get paid out either into Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, Skrill, Strike, whatever it is. I can vouch for it. I've gotten paid on it multiple times. So um, you can't just sign up uh, without uh, a link though. You need to use a link, brothrow.com slash PFF so that you can get in early. It's a new site. Um, Go check it out, brothrow.com. Also our friends at Underdog, even though the fantasy season is in full swing, you may kind of be out of it at this point. That's okay. Draft game, or uh, sorry, Underdog has you covered. You can play, um, in their best ball mania, which uh, sorry has already ended, I'm an idiot. But pick, their pick'em game is now live, and you can go play higher or lower uh, and get your chance at twenty xing your stakes. Go use promo code PFF at Underdog. Um, they'll probably find me for this incredible read that I'm doing, but you can still profit. First deposit match up to $100 with promo code PFF. All right, that was. Uh, potentially the worst that I've ever done uh, ad reads. Arjun is here hopefully to save us. There he is. Um, One of the reasons that was so bad, Brad, was I was trying to open the page on my screen and I knew broadly what it was that we were supposed to do ad reads for, but I couldn't actually find the read. So I was just kind of winging it and then I found it and I was like trying to get it. So we'll recover from that. Speaking of recovery, Arjun and Brad, you guys did not lose a bet that you placed last week so uh congratulations arjun how's your weekend gone
3: doing very well I feel like i'm on top of the world like just like brad having lost a bet in you know an entire week uh michigan pulled through yesterday uh failed to cover the 22 and a half got stuck on 22 but uh not that i had any money on it but uh still a very very eventful weekend and uh happy to you know talk ball right now
0: so, for anyone that does not know, anyone that's new, we guess the lines uh, every single Sunday night, and then we decide whether we're going to bet on those. And we go and place our bets early, which you should as well, because that's when you can get the best numbers, of course. And uh, we're tracking our bets as you might. And these two guys went a combined nine and zero. I went two one and one, according to the scoreboard, which means that I've been overtaken in the uh, total number of wins category. Brad now has more wins. Uh, Than me, And I think Arjun has the best. He's 12 and six overall. So this should be a fun one. Um, Some interesting games here. We've got Philly and Houston starting out in an effort, by the way, to uh, make this go more efficiently. I'm going to stop calling on who's turn it is to guest line. So we're going to go Arjun, Brad, myself, and then we will get to who is, uh, whether you're betting it or not. So let's kick it off. Philly at Houston on Thursday night. I
3: have this at Eagles minus 12 and a half.
2: I have the same. And if someone has to look up for me, I was trying to find it. Is this the biggest road favorite in Thursday night football history? I think it is, but I couldn't find it, but I, I also have 12 and a half. Is it?
0: I feel that it, uh, I don't think it is. I had 13 and a half. Um, I just, I mean, Houston is, is not very good. They could not beat Malik Willis today. So, um, let's see, I see 13, uh, from Jeff Sherman on, uh, at the super And I see 13 and a half at Bet MGM. So, um, it appears that people think the Houston Texans do in fact stink. Arjun, what are you doing with this one?
3: Um, I'm going to go back to the well with our Eagles first half, um, cash for us. It's cash for me, the, you know, personally the past five weeks, it's cashed every week. I've given it, given it out. Um, You know, the one pushback here is the Texans are actually not that bad in the first half, like they do cover the first half spread a decent amount, but they also haven't played a real opponent outside of the Los Angeles Chargers and the Tennessee Titans, both of whom covered their first half spread. So I am going back to the well with our Eagles first half. I'm sure it's going to be over a touchdown, but I mean, Eagles are an absolute house and I don't see that stopping
2: anytime soon. Well, the, the Texans play the Chicago Bears. So I think you forgot to uh, name a team there. But, uh, yeah, I, I love the first half play. I love the first half play as well. Um, I, I think on Thursday games, you see it's a shortened playbook. It's condensed. It's more simplified. And that, for me, is always a look at trench matchups. And the Eagles are going to dominate on both sides of the ball in the trenches. We'll get out to a lead like they, they have every week this season. Um, I actually circled the origin first half play was what I wrote down here. So uh, I'm with you on that one. <laughs>
0: Uh, by the way, the the Titans um, were our like early was it our first um, first quarter play quarter. from uh, this past week. We had Philly first half, we had Vikings and Titans first quarter, and even with literally not playing a quarterback that could throw the ball, managed to uh, manage at least push that one. Um, Philly, of course, did cover in the first half this week. All right, uh, starting the Sunday morning slate. No London game this week, thank God. Miami at Chicago. Arjun. I have Dolphins minus six. I had Chicago plus three and a half. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm gonna split you guys. I had Chicago getting four and a half uh, here at home. I kind of was like, I mean, Miami did come from behind here to to cover against the Lions. Lions are have to be a little bit better than the Bears. Bears a little spunky though. A little spunky. It wasn't for a few unlucky plays uh, against Dallas. They're maybe in that game. Arjun, are you going to uh, bet Miami?
3: I think I think I am. I think the problem, the, the thing I'm I'm like just it, it's going over my mind is the the Dolphins. I don't think are like a really like that good of a team. Um, I think they've they've just dominated some really bad teams. And I think for me, the Bears kind of fall into that category. Like I don't. I don't really feel that confident in Justin Fields. I thought he had a, you know, he's he's been performing the best out of the 2021 class. Like And Brad has mentioned, like, that class hasn't been that great. But I, I just think the Dolphins offense at full strength right now just trumps the Bears defense. And I just, I don't really see a way where uh, the Bears defense is going to be able to slow down the Dolphins. So I do like the Dolphins uh, minus four and a half here.
2: They're not going to slow them down at all. Uh, I'm not going to make a play on the spread here, though. I love the over 45 and a half because Chicago, once again, went over 200 yards on the ground today. They also had uh, Jeff Fogle at, at Vegas Insider always tracks this, and I loved it a couple years ago, noticed it, is is uh, drive points. So you score on a 60-plus yard drive. Chicago scored 26 points today on actual sustained long-term drives. They moved the v- football both through the air and on the ground. Fields had three touchdown passes through the air, which probably is about as many as he had coming into the game. Um, and legitimately looked good. I actually think he played a good football game. Yes, they were down a lot. But this Cowboys scored the most points of any team against Dallas all season. They also gave up 50. So I love the over 45 and a half here. Miami is going to dice them up the middle, um, over the middle, I should say. Tyreek Hill is ridiculous. Might go over 2,000 yards. But I think Chicago also scores here. We have a weather report here. Brad? Uh, what's, what's the weather supposed to be like in Chicago? I'll pull it up while you, if, while you uh, share some thoughts.
0: <laughs> I'm, I like the, the over is an interesting one. I mean, this offense is dramatically different from what we saw previous uh, or pre-long bye for Chicago. And I mean, the Bears have no one that are going to stay within five yards of Tyreek or Jalen Waddell. What's interesting about the Dolphins, and I, I wonder if this is unique to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are still a really good offense without Tyreek Hill. But, like, the Packers have disintegrated without uh, Devontae Adams. And the Miami Dolphins, I mean, this offense is – I guess you want to give Mike Daniels some credit here, and you should. But what Tyreek Hill is doing is ridiculous. He's, like, uh, less than a yard per game off of Calvin Johnson's pace. Dude, It's absolutely insane. So, um, I'm not going to play as I guessed, obviously, the spread um, right on, but I like the over. Brad, what is the Chicago weather? I'm, I'm not even there yet, pulling up the next Sunday. but we Wait, can. Are you uh, looking we, at the – did you get the paper? Is that what you're, you're pulling up the – No, no, I got the, it now. All right, so name? it's
2: 59 degrees, cloudy, not a lot of wind, no rain or anything like that. That's a pretty all good right. November Chicago forecast. Okay, there
0: you go. Um, all right, the Chargers, Arjun's Chargers, I should say. Um, I'm surprised you're not wearing your Justin Herbert jersey. Going to Atlanta to play the Falcons. Arjun, would you make this? I have this
2: Chargers minus two. I got Atlanta plus two and a half.
0: Oh wow! Okay, I'm on the other side of three, which is big. I guess I maybe I'm overcorrecting for Emmanuel Acho and um, his <laughs> uh, his rant against Justin Herbert here. I have uh, Atlanta getting three and a half um, at, at home here. It looks like it is uh Atlanta plus 3 minus 115 so uh yeah i think i'm i'm closest there um let me ask you this arjun in addition to are you going to bet this i know that a lot of people are are trouncing acho for his takes and and they were there were some bad ones but he he did say something that i thought was interesting he said you know it's not just about whether on average he's throwing the ball down the football field or or throwing it short his a dot is obviously very low but he checks down when he should throw it deep. And when he should check down, he throws it deep. And as someone that obviously is good at teasing out nuance within data points like ADOT that are you know, an average data point and actually looking at something a little bit more uh, nuanced than that, is there, do you feel there's any truth if you looked at anything that shows any truth to that at all? Or are you still absolving Herbert of all his sins?
3: No, I, I definitely have given him a little bit of blame for the Chargers' offensive struggles. I do, I do think at times he he tends to throw to Austin Eckler instead of or instead of throwing it to some of the other receivers running routes on the play. I think you know there is some nuance to it because he is a very like smart quarterback, and one of the things I've always thought he does very well is go through his progressions and like be able to go back to a certain progression. But I think in this case, like the Chargers you know, to use a better phrase, are playing with NPCs at receiver sometime. So yeah. no one's really open in this offense. And I think he knows that Austin Eckler is kind of the only guy that can make stuff happen after the catch. And that's kind of the only like thing I can, I can explain for Herbert is he just doesn't trust anyone else on this offense, especially with Keenan out. That's kind of why I made this like Chargers too. Like the Falcons might be getting AJ Terrell back that he's, I think he's probably going to lock down Keenan on the one side. And, you know, just from, you know, some sources, like I don't think Josh Palmer is going to be playing in this game either. So you're going to be having DeAndre Carter at wide receiver two and Michael Bandy at wide receiver three, you know, two very household names, I'm sure. So I think Acha, like while he's been wrong on two, saying two is better than Herbert, I don't think he's completely wrong in saying that, the you know, Herbert's been checking down too much because I think that has been uh, one problem he's had all year.
0: You betting this one
3: at all? I'm not I'm not betting this one. I, I there's this could either like if I was to bet this game, I'd be taking like Chargers minus five and a half and Falcons minus five and a half. Like I'd be doing the Judah special just because I don't I don't think this is like it's gonna be like
2: that close like like the spread is uh insinuating. Arjun just dropping a real casual per sources in the middle of that. We're not going to let that, that slide. Was that, was that, was, that was real sly there. Um, I AJ Terrell is a the big one for me. If AJ Terrell plays, I think it makes a huge difference. If he doesn't, like you said, obviously Mike Williams out for a month, potentially according to your your, your high-level sources, Josh Palmer not expected to play. Um, but if Keenan is going up against you know Darren Hall and whoever they have in Atlanta, um, I mean, PJ Walker looked pretty good today. So if that is the case, I probably would be willing to bet it. Um, it I think it honestly a lot of it hinges on on his health.
0: I, I see a little bit of uh, – so Arjun came out firing. Two bets in the first two. He's cooling off a little bit. Brad, 5-0 and o week is uh, – oh, I guess you do have one bet. I'm looking at the sheet right now. You it's have first over. Bet. I'll throw it in there. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. Have, you have over. Okay, never mind. I was going to give you a hard time. Carolina <laughs> at Cincinnati. P.J. Walker, maybe the best throw of the season. Uh, the D.J. Moore toss and then D.J. Moore making sure that they got a better draft pick so he can get a – Great right, tank phenomenal work by them. Arjun, would you make this?
3: I have this Bengals minus nine.
2: Ooh, I got Bengals minus seven and a half. All right. I'm in between you both.
0: I have Bengals minus eight and a half. Uh, and I honestly almost made it uh, a little lower than that after the PJ Walker back-to-back performances. Um let's see if we can find this here. Uh, it's not on that MGM. Let's see what Sherman makes this. He has Cincinnati minus seven and a half. So you're right on the money, Brad. Arjun, what are you doing with this one?
3: This might be a play tomorrow. Um, I, I do want to see what the Bengals offense looks like without Jamar Chase. Um, one of the things in my own podcast that I kind of touched on is how the Bengals offense does rely on explosive plays a lot. And he's, mm-hmm. to me, the more explosive receiver outside of T. Higgins. And so if you take away that explosiveness, like how does their offense look and so I do want to see what they look like on prime time tomorrow. if they you know put up a 30 burger, this might be a, a play for me but as of right now i'm gonna I'm gonna lay off.
2: Yeah. Oh, this might sound crazy. If anything, I would lean Carolina. Um, yeah, Deontay same. Foreman just needed to get the, you know, the runway cleared and get McCaffrey out of town so he could truly break out as the, the star of the Carolina Panthers. Um no, but all jokes aside, I mean, I, I'm just I'm not a huge believer in Cincy's defense still. Um they're kind of figuring out their number two corner opposite Shadow Ouzier. I think we're gonna see a decent amount of their young rookie Cam Taylor Britt tomorrow night. Um no DJ Reeders, we talked about a bunch. And, and Carolina's – they're relatively competent. Um. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I, you know, I, I love Cincy. We've played Cincy a bunch recently, but I'm still not sure they're a lay over a touchdown team. Um. Yeah, and Carolina's defense, I guess they didn't play great today, but um, can match up if it's just T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, I think can keep this game a little bit closer Um. than, than over a touchdown. I'm with you, even though I
0: guessed eight and a half. I think if I had to play one side of this, I'd, I'd probably play um, – Carolina here and you know, the, the weakness that is Cincinnati's offensive line, you know, I would, I, I'm guessing after this performance, Carolina keeps Brian Burns around. So um, yeah, I don't know. I I'm not going to bet this one right now, but uh, I'm with you both. Green Bay, Detroit in Detroit. Arjun, would you make this? I
3: have Packers minus three. I had lines plus three and a
0: half. Wow, uh, I had lines plus one. What was what was I smoking? Not sure. Um, this looks like Green Bay minus three and a half. Um, nice. See if I see it. I don't see it on BetMGM because that game just finished. So we'll call it three and a half. Arjun, what are you doing with this one?
3: This one, this one is tough. I, I, I would lean Detroit here. Just because the, the, the way Detroit plays defense, it's a ton of man. They like to leave uh, Okuda and, you know, whoever their second corner is on islands like they did today. And the thing is the Packers just don't have receivers to take advantage of that. Like, even if Lazard comes back, like I don't feel like that confident in him separating versus man. So like, I think Green Bay could be in for a bad output um through the air, but you know, the lines run defense is like really, really bad. And you know, Aaron Jones did rush for like over 120 yards today. I'm on the ground against a pretty stout Bills run defense. So if anything, I kind of, I kind of like the over in this game, but I have to, I have to think more about it, but I'm definitely not, I'm not playing a side here.
2: There might be 500 rushing yards in this game, like no yeah. joke. There might be 500 total rushing yards in this football game because the Green Bay can't really stop anyone on defense uh, on the run defense either. Devin Singletary was running, you know, all over the yard tonight, right out of the, right out of the gate. Um, and, and Detroit, you know, moved the ball on the ground as they always do. Um, you know, against Miami, who's not a great run defense either. I think it's why I like Chicago a little bit to put, score some points. But yeah, I kind of lean Detroit as well. I mean, this Green Bay team is just not a good football team. Um, you know, getting Lazard back doesn't really matter. I, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, a, a total may total maybe interesting play. Um, uh, but at the same time, if they're running so much, is it maybe kind of burning clock? Um, but I would look at the total is under forty nine points. Uh, you know, if it's in the forty seven range, I'd probably look at it. I'm glad Ben Brown mentioned that yards per play is up right now. The last couple of weeks, I think offenses are catching up to defenses, as we always hear about. You know, defense start the year ahead, and obviously, you know, teams play less in the preseason now. I think we are going to get some value on over his next couple weeks um, because the market maybe has overcorrected to the first month of the season.
0: I really want to take lines, I really do. But my god, their defense sucks. I mean, they are. It is really, really bad. But here's the thing: the Miami Dolphins exposed their secondary. uh, It's your guy's point, and I. I don't know that green Bay can do that against anybody, you know? And so I'm kind of with you. I think this is a running the ball up and down the field. So I'm going to take the hook. I'm going to get my first bet on the board here. I'm going to roll with Dan Campbell and, uh, and the lions, Uh, even though I don't feel great about it. I have like a kind of sick feeling. Speaking of sick feelings, the um, new England Patriots host, the Indianapolis Colts. Now we, uh, one of our locks of the week was the New England Patriots. They came through. It was a very good, very good week for the locks of the week, um, but they did so with a perhaps the worst quarterback performance to win a football game in a very long time. They now get the Indianapolis Colts and rookie quarterback Sam Ellinger. Arjun, would you make this?
3: I have Patriots
0: minus six. Oh,
2: I had Patriots minus four.
0: No, oh, interesting. Um, I have a note here that says, with Bailey Zappi, I have New England minus five and a half. If it is Mac Jones, like, I don't even know. Like, Mac Jones is so, 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 so terrible in that game. Um, and if it wasn't for Zach Wilson, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, they they probably lose that game. I, Brad, do you have any insight into what's going to happen
2: with Mac Jones? I mean, it it, it was so bad. They had 3.8 yards per play today. The Jets actually had 6.7, so like they, the Jets soundly outproduced them, um, and Mac Jones also, the, his worst play of the day, got called back on a penalty, which yes. was a bogus rough in the passer. That was one of the worst throws I've ever seen, and really should not have been a penalty in my opinion. He kind of yeah. got shoved. Um, I mean, I think it's his job until he gets hurt. Like I think They're trying to stick with him. Uh, I know you're obviously a big Zappy Hour guy. No one loves a Zappy Hour like you, but... I I don't think they're going to make that move. He did look pretty awful against Chicago when he came in. So I think they're just kind of screwing at this point. (laughs) You know, it's it's tough.
0: I'm seeing six and a half, uh, which I assume is the Bill Belichick versus a rookie QB bump. Um, Although Ellinger, I mean, it didn't look that bad today. Um, Arjun, what are you doing with this one?
3: I'm definitely laying off. I I kind of got spooked by the Belichick versus scrambling quarterbacks or mobile quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. And and Ellinger is a little bit more mobile than most. So, and yeah, six and a half is a lot of points. Like Indy, I want to ask like Brad, like do you, do we think Reich's gonna get fired at some yeah. point? Like you you kind of hit the real one on the head, right? And I mean, losing to uh,
2: it wouldn't shock me, but it'll it'll be an end of season type of thing. I, Ursa doesn't strike me as a mid season firing guy, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Also Reich is a um, Reich is a good dude and a good coach like if you the way
0: I think about it is if you fired your coach where would they be on the list of coaches to get hired if Frank Reich were fired he would he would be uh, like I would call him immediately if I knew I would
2: call him the next day
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> this is not about Frank Reich in, in my estimation this is about a, a not very good roster and a bad quarterback situation I am very tempted very tempted to take the Colts. I'm taking them. Oh, I didn't say that. I'm taking them. I'm, ta- I'm, I'm riding with you. I'm Let's taking them. Let's do it. I'm with Frank Reich. Uh, Eric and I did coaching tiers during the offseason. I put Frank Reich in, in the top tier. I, he has, that team is not very good. Okay. They are not very good. And um, Matt Ryan, a complete statue back there. I do not blame Frank Reich. Six and a
2: half with Mac Jones is too many points. Way too many. And the defense, the Colts defense is better than the Patriots defense. I, I mean, the, the Patriots have played decently well recently, but Zach Wilson's obviously atrocious. Um, it's really not that good of a defense. They're not going to be able to take advantage of this somehow bad Colts offensive line. They don't really have great pass rushers. Um, you know, Michael Pittman, I think, can do well against Jack Jones and whoever they have in the back end. Um, I, I, I I feel good about this bet for some reason. I, we feel good about this, and then we're going to be like, wow, we have Sam
0: Ellinger in his second start ever in the NFL against Bill Belichick, he's, you know, two for 13 with three interceptions and face uh, in our hands. Um, the uh, the thing that I did want to bring up here, this is almost my takeaway of the day uh, after this week was it was just it was so beautiful. The the couple of months we had where the New England Patriots won the offseason. Do you remember that Do you guys? Are you guys old enough to remember that? um it was just so beautiful while it lasted. Um, you know, they they had two great tight ends um, who obviously have uh, ascended into the top of the the tight end pantheon in uh, Hunter Henry and New Smith. Um, I mean, just amazing what they have been able to accomplish with that one off season. The, I'm being sarcastic, obviously. That was did not <laughs> do a whole lot for them. What I do think is really interesting is a lot of teams and a lot of fan bases get very excited about big moves that are around the quarterback. And then when the quarterback plays decently well, like Mac Jones did at the start of last season, they go, Oh, wow. Those moves were great. And what it really comes down to is a lot of these moves only matter. If you have a good quarterback and if you spend a lot of money, when you don't know about your quarterback, that can come back to bite you. And I think it has with the new England Patriots, whose team really, really stinks, especially when Mac Jones is not, that, uh, not very good which moves us gracefully into the Jets game where they are hosting <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. It turns out that Brees Hall was, uh, was the key. Uh, without him, Zach Wilson, um, even worse than he was previously. And they are hosting now the Buffalo Bills. Arjun, would you make this?
3: I made this Bills minus 14.
2: <laughs> wow. Road 14er. I, okay, we're going to be a little different. Uh, I had the Jets plus seven and a half at home. Oh my, oh my god. What is is way off? Oh my god. What?
0: Uh I thought I was going to be uh light on this. I have I have Buffalo by 12 and a half. Um, wow. I am seeing uh, I'm seeing 11 and a half uh from from Jeff Sherman. Um Look at me. Arjun, you betting on this one?
3: Of course. Going going with the bills here. Um I mean, I just Zach Wilson is is something else and I mean the the Bills shut down Aaron Rodgers for three quarters of this game and yeah they kind of let him back in but like I I just I, I just don't think Zach Wilson is very good this Bills defensive line is is elite like they're not going to allow Michael Carter or James Robinson to get anything going on the ground Elijah Barry Tucker's out right so Greg Rousseau Vaughn Miller they're going to have a field day we might be getting Trey uh, Tra- 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 Davis White back. I'm probably not sure about that but you know I definitely that would definitely be a huge boost to this but I mean yeah I think Bill's minus 14 or Bill's minus 11 and a half is is going to be a play
0: for it. is there any chance that we get Flacco in this game
2: they should I mean the thing is they're a good football team outside of Zach Wilson right? um it's <laughs> tough like he, he wasn't even active today though so I don't know what was going on they had a bizarre situation this has nothing to do with our show but like they they activated Chris Straveller or yeah. they elevated him for the practice squad. And then made him inactive, so they basically just paid him to come up and hang out in the sideline, which like doesn't happen. And Joe Flacco was also holding a clipboard and, and not dressed. I don't know. So I mean, they probably should play Joe Flacco as much as you need to see Zach Wilson. Um, I, I obviously was way way off on this spread. Um, I'm not I'm not taking the Jets, even though I'm way way off on it, just because I mean Wilson under pressure is as bad as it gets. And like you said, I mean um, the Bills are freaks. Russo had some cleanups tonight, but he's he's a force. Like he is. He's becoming a really, really good player. Um, some of them are kind of unblocked, like I said, but but he looks really good. Um, long answer short, I'm staying away because I guess I was short on it, but yeah, I'm not I'm not taking the Jets.
0: The only reason I would hesitate is if Flacco somehow plays because he's not as terrible as Zach Wilson. But I think they've got if they bench Wilson now, like I think they gotta give him they gotta give him a little more run. If they bench him now, that dude is going it's gonna be destroyed. I think you've got to ride with him. Which means I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. Um, We move now to our nation's capital, the Washington Commanders and Taylor Heineke. That game was one of the worst, like, good, like, enjoyable games because of the way that it ended. But it was tough to watch. Um, The last second, I think they had 38 seconds or so and and drove almost the length of the field. Terry McLaurin with another incredible game-winning catch. They host the Minnesota Vikings. Arjun, would you guess this? I had Vikings minus four.
2: I had, yeah, Washington plus three and
0: a half. Okay, I have Washington plus a flat three. Uh, Let's see here. Jeff Sherman has it at three, and it is three minus 115. So, shaded a little bit towards the Vikings. Arjun, are you going to bet this?
3: Yeah, I, I'm not going to bet the full game. I'm going back to the derivative uh, first. Get, first quarter bet. Um, you know, we we rode the Vikings first quarter this uh, this weekend. Cashed against the Cardinals. Uh, the Vikings are above average in you know EPA or whatever metric you want to use to look at scripted plays. Washington is bottom five in EPA or drive quality or whatever metric you want to use. I'm going to take advantage of that. And, you know, I, I don't really have any faith in Taylor Heineke that he's going to do anything special. Um, I, I, I do like the full game spread a lot, actually, or not a lot, but like I do like the full game spread. But I do think the first quarter is the better play for me.
2: I'm probably going to take the commanders here. I can't believe I'm betting on. I watched Ellinger versus Heineke. <laughs> I fell in love with. There, there's bad quarterbacks and there's fun bad, and both of these guys are yellow ball guys. They they kind of you know they keep you enticed. Um, I'm probably taking it because we talked about Kirk Cousins with the interior pressure. I know we didn't we didn't cash on our Cardinals bet, but we saw a lot of that. JJ Watt had two sacks. He was really struggling with a lot of that interior pressure all day. If not for that muff punt, we may have cashed on those Cardinals bets. So I think we saw a lot of the right things there. Uh, you know, Washington has good tackle play. They should be, they do well against Darius Smith and Neil Hunter. Um, I, I, I like the matchup. I'm going to go, even though it's Kirk Cousins revenge game, I'm going to take Washington to the points. <laughs>
0: uh, Taylor Heineke buys a pair of Jordans in the color of the team that he beats after he beats them. So I don't know how that uh, plays into this, but I, I am going to ride with Arjun here. Um, what uh, KOC uh, Kevin O'Connell has done in Minnesota has really helped their offense get off to good starts. And um, they did it again uh, this week. Obviously we cash that bet and Washington basically just waits until they're down by, you know, a certain amount. And then Taylor Heineke, to your point, just plays complete yellow ball. So I like this one quite a bit. Uh, so I'm riding with, uh, with Vikings first quarter. And now after starting off, not betting any of the first four games, I have bet the last four. So um, there you go to the street going Vikings jags oh my god what an incredible game this is the the uh the, sorry Raiders jags i think i said Vikings there Raiders jags um shout out to you brad you had the Saints as one of our locks of the week and there were a ton of Saints injuries in fact the Raiders became were a consensus pick in circa millions and put up a, a, a nice donut They'll look to try and get back on track against the amazing Jacksonville Jaguars. Do we owe Urban Meyer a, a, an apology here in any way, shape, or form? Because the Jags were, were not good today.
3: Yeah, I think, I don't know, the, the Lawrence stuff is, is just weird. I thought after the first couple of good games, he would continue that. But it's just been, he. Look, he's looked really bad. The accuracy has been bad. He's, I mean, the fact that he couldn't, even you know drive down the field twice and at the end of the game was just was just sad and it's throwing a pick at the one is just you know awful um but that being said i I do have the Jaguars favored in this game i have them jaggers minus two
2: yeah i I agree with all you said i I have jags minus one so
0: (laughs) i i have this as a pick but these teams both stink um and by I mean, the way,
2: George, you mentioned teams spending a ton of money. The, uh Jaguars spent the most money in free agency. Raiders were fifth, and they're now two and six heading into this game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they got to hang that banner.
2: They, the, the, banner hang the banner was hung. The banner
0: was hung. It's amazing because the Raiders spent so much on that pass rush, and the pass rush isn't even good. Um, this is Raiders minus one and a half. And by the way, I shouldn't sound that surprised. So a pet peeve. I'm stealing a Seth Galina um, segment here. People referencing line movement when it does not cross a key number is just so. It's. I don't want to be a, a a betting snob like a you know coffee snob where you're like ah oh, you know this is terrible coffee whatever but. If, the, if it crosses zero, it's not that big of a deal. Games do not end in zero. That does not really matter. And games also don't often end with a differential of one. So going from negative one to positive one or negative two to positive two even is just not that big of a deal. Um, and neither is this. Uh, Raiders minus one and a half. Are you betting this, sergeant?
3: Yep, definitely taking the – I'm taking the Jags here. The Jaguars just show up well in like every efficiency metric. Like they're 14th. In defensive EPA their 11th in offensive EPA the Raiders offense I mean they just put up a, a, a nothing burger against the Saints who had allowed 28 points in four straight weeks um, I, I mean I know I'm kind of off the Lawrence train but I, I have to figure he's going to get back on track at some point Travis Etienne though looked amazing and the one thing that the Raiders got killed by today was Alvin Kamara three total <laughs> touchdowns like 90 receiving yards etn can do it all and i think he's you know he might be one of the better backs in the nfl at the end of the season i do like the jaguars to take control of the spot and i'm not sure if there's a Derek Carr in the east coast metric or thing we can look at but he's like he's always due for one bad east coast game a year it might have been this game versus the saints but i think it could continue next week in jackson it was it
0: was in new york against the jets last week or last year
3: if i remember correctly Um, Yeah. And then the Giants the year before that, Atlanta at some point in the last three years, like it's, it is a thing. I just don't know the exact like numbers on him.
2: The Raiders had 183 total yards today. Devontae Adams <laughs> with no, with no Marshawn Lattimore had he one was reception sick all week for three yards, bro. Like, how did that even happen? Like, Alante Taylor, the rookie out of Tennessee, was talking smack to Devontae Adams and backing it up the entire game. It was crazy. Um, I'm going to tease the Jaguars with the next game. I, I just looked at what it was, so I'm not taking them by themselves, but I'm teasing them up to seven and a half with uh, a side in the Seattle Arizona game. Um, yeah, I mean the Raiders are a bad football team, and I think. The reason why I love the Saints coming into this game, beyond some narrative stuff and just did not liking this where the spread was, it's trenches. The Raiders went all in and have an awful pass protecting offensive line. Like imagine going all in and not protecting your mediocre quarterback. It makes no sense. Um, yeah, and Derek Carr is just not good. So um, I'm yeah, like I said, the Jaguars are pretty good. Pretty good in the trenches. Pretty good defensive line. They can generate a pass rush. Their tackles are pretty good as well. They can handle Crosby and Chandler Jones not a good signing uh to a degree and, and so i'm going to tease them with uh team in the next matchup
0: yeah i'm here for the teaser the seattle seahawks first place in the nfc west playing uh, somehow they beat the the vaunted new york giants um <laughs> who uh who could have seen that one coming uh in arizona to play the cardinals arjun would you make this i made this a pick wow I got right.
2: Arizona minus
0: 1.5. Uh I have uh Arizona minus two and a half. That is what it is. And uh it is teasable, which is fantastic. Um, Arjun, what are you doing with this one? I love I love what Brad was saying. I think a full
3: game teaser with the cards is the right play here. I just like the, the cardinals just baffled me. Like they just they lost today because of the muff, because of the muffed punt. Um, but mm-hmm. still like I there's just like some weird vibes that I get from them. Like, again, like Kyler Murray and Hopkins, and didn't, re- didn't really turn it up until the second half. I think I'm going to go back to a play. We cast on this exact game, like two, week- three weeks ago, Seahawks first half, uh, the spread. We're going to get that at plus 0.5, plus one. Um, you know, Seahawks, I think are, you know, top, top five in offensive EPA in the first half. Um, I think they're about like 6-1, and 7-0 against the spread in the first half. Um, a lot of signs pointing towards the CRs being good. Geno Smith has you know, looked great again today against a, a blitz-heavy team, which is what the Card- Cardinals are. So I am going to back them in the first half just because you know, Kyler Murray does turn it up a little bit in the, um, in the second half
2: of games. Yep. So I'll have Jaguars plus seven and a half Seahawks plus eight and a half teaser. Um, I mean, Arizona is just not going to cover eight points uh, against anyone. Um, they did play well today. No, To their credit, that it's nice. play. DeAndre Hopkins is obviously a difference maker. We also another our part that we nailed in that game in the slot. Whoever he faced, it was Harrison Smith. It was <laughs> Shannon Sullivan. It also wasn't even DeAndre Hopkins. Rondell Moore also went off. So we did see a lot of things right there. Um, but nevertheless, I, they're not going to cover eight and a half points, I don't think, against Seattle. Uh, so I, I kind of love that teaser.
0: Yeah, the muff, the muff punt was brutal. We were on our way to, um, to hitting that one. Rams, uh, oh, sorry, before I get to that, I'm going to join you on the teaser, uh, as well. Jacksonville out to plus seven and a half at home, and Seattle out to plus eight and a half on the road in Arizona. Rams, Bucks. By the way, there are only two uh, afternoon uh, or late slate games as of now Seattle, Arizona, and Rams, Bucks. And uh, who would have guessed that Seattle, Arizona, by far the more compelling of these two matchups? Rams, Bucks, a rematch of the NFC Championship game. Uh, it pits like two bottom five offenses now against one another. Um, Arjun, what'd you guess
2: on this one?
3: Um, I
0: have Rams plus three.
2: I had bucks minus one and a half.
0: Okay. Uh, I have bucks minus two and a half. Although I was with you, uh, Arjun, I, I have it two and a half with like a, a <laughs> with juice on the Tampa Bay side because I think it it should get out to three um, at some point here. And uh, let's see what it is. BetMGM. Yeah, they have minus two and a half, uh, minus one fifteen. So um, no, I'm not making the lines for BetMGM. But uh, Arjun, are you betting this one?
3: I'm not betting this one. I, I just can't lay money on Tom Brady right now. And I'm definitely not betting the Rams after that performance they had today. Mm-hmm. This offense is just in shambles. This defense is, is just so top heavy. And we're kind of seeing the um, you know, detrimental effects of that of the roster building strategies they employed last year. So Definitely staying away from this game and, you know, just it might be it might be me studying for exams uh, during this game. I'm not going to lie.
0: It's the, the total is forty two and a half,
2: <laughs> which is crazy, too, because like the point I was about to make was like I think people still view the Bucks as this vaunted defense, which they just aren't at this point. No. And you lose Shaq Barrett for the season, you know, on Thursday against Baltimore. So you know, Joe Tryon Shoyenka is decent, um, you know, but, but he's like the only guy that can generate a pass rush, and he's still kind of a young player, um, you know, a, a second year guy that skipped his last year of college. Like him being your number one guy off the edge is not going to do you, you know, a lot of solids. So, but I also can't bet the Rams in this game. I'm staying away, like you said. I mean, I'm going to watch it, but it's it's crazy how bad this game is going to be compared to what we probably thought coming into the season.
0: I would. Like the Rams here as the teaser like, but no Cooper Cup potentially, you know, or a banged up Cooper Cup would really worry me um quite a bit here. I mean, this is a this would be a good matchup. This was a good matchup. We talked about this last year, which is Todd Bowles blitzes a ton, and that's where Matt Stafford really shines. The, the problem for Matt Stafford this year has been the O-line stinks to high heaven. so he doesn't really have a chance uh to shine in these situations. So I'm laying off as well. I just think it's absolutely comedic that this total is 42 an app. I, I would, I think, if I had to bet any part of this game, I would bet over. Sunday night, Tennessee. I'm guessing, uh, Brad, with with Tannehill back. Is that the?
2: I think so. They um, ended up saying he was out today, more with the illness than with an ankle. Uh, I don't know if that was whatever, but anyway, I think he should play in this game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In Kansas City to play the Chiefs, coming off of a bye, Arjun. I have Chiefs minus 10. Same here. All right. I am uh, a little shorter uh, than you guys. I had nine and a half. Didn't quite get all the way to 10. And uh, you guys were even short. It is minus 10 and a half, minus 115 here. Um, I wonder if any of that has to do with the Ryan Tannehill thing. Um, Arjun, are you going to bet uh, Tennessee?
3: I don't, I don't think so. I mean yeah there's just uncertainty with with Tannehill and Malik Willis and I mean let's think let's put it this way Andy Reid off a bye like I mean this could just be a complete demolition for, mm-hmm. for the Titans but then again like I don't know the Chiefs their defense isn't that great um you know Derrick Henry did just shred this Texans defense and it's not like the Chiefs run defense is particularly strong up the middle um, but yeah, I
2: think 10 and a half is a lot of points to lay and I'm just going to stay away from this one. Derrick Henry note four straight games against the Texans with 200 rushing yards is a ridiculous stat. Like I know it's like it's Derrick Henry versus the Texans, but to go four straight over 200, I saw that now this, this cannot be a real stat. Um, I honestly might lay the chiefs here, lay, lay the points of the chiefs here. The best player for the Tennessee Titans by a country mile is Jeffrey Simmons. Mm-hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs have the best interior offensive line in the NFL. I mean, if anyone can handle him, it's Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, and Trey Smith. Um, and they're just – I know they're 5-2, but they are one of the worst 5-2 and two football teams I think I've ever seen. They just have no receivers. And so, yes, like Derrick Henry could run the ball, and maybe that makes you a little bit scared to lay that many points. But, I mean, I can see Kansas City hanging 40 in this game. Kind of a game where you know they've played in the playoffs. Kansas City probably has you know reason to hate them. There's been some you know kind of some bad blood there. Ugh, I might do it. I might lay them any points with Kansas City.
0: Do it. I I a total forty six and a half. I don't love Tennessee's offense, but I don't know. I mean, I, I they, they're good on scripted plays. Um, maybe they get out and, and score a few points in the first quarter, and then. Tennessee or, or Kansas City puts uh, puts thirty up. I can get on board with that. Um, yeah, I'm doing it. There you go. Uh, Baltimore New Orleans on Monday Night Football. Arjun,
3: I made this Ravens minus three and a half. Wow! I
0: got New Orleans plus two. Wow. Um, I'm. I don't know where I have been. I have. New Orleans, plus one and a half. And uh, the market agrees with you guys. Baltimore right now, minus three, minus 115. So I guess the market is just like, hey, the Raiders suck. <laughs> the Raiders really, really stink. Should, is New Orleans not going to get any of those guys back?
2: I think Lattimore has to be back. I, right. I mean, I know I said last week he was supposed to play. I thought he was going to. I can't obviously predict a week out, but – he was trending that way. Did not play. I think he'll be active. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. I have no clue. Just real, real quick, random note. They both now missed more than four games. I don't know why either guy. Either guy didn't go on IR, which maybe <laughs> New Orleans doesn't have the money for or what what the deal is. But anyway, uh, rant over there. But maybe the third, the Ravens getting extra rest is why it's up to three. But that's a little fishy. I, I think.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. Archin, you uh, I guess have a have the same idea because you had this three and a half. What's your thought?
3: I, I thought I was going to be short on this, actually. I thought it would be, like, minus wow. four, but I think the Saints are a very good matchup for the Ravens. Um, You know, we saw Bateman and Andrews leave uh, Thursday Night Football with injuries. That could be huge just because, like, first of all, DeMario Davis and Pete Werner might be might be the best linebacking duo in the league right now. Davis currently ranks second in PFF grade. Werner ranks in, like, the in the low 20s but DeMario Davis is playing some of the best ball of his life and he's a very good QB spy. So that's something you're going to need against Lamar Jackson. You know, he has as a linebacker, like as a coverage linebacker, he still has six sacks on this year and they love to use him in those type of like simulated pressures, those mugged looks. And those are things that Lamar struggled with in the past because past just because he doesn't have a receiver, like a go-to receiver. If Bateman and Andrews are both out, or even if just Bateman is out, I kind of like the Saints in this game at home, but it's—I I think right now it's just—it's tough to lay it with the Saints just because like they're just so volatile week over week.
2: They were so good to me. I mean, I—I I liked them a lot, but I didn't think they were gonna have a twenty-four nothing, you know, absolute blowout. Ah, I'm not gonna get greedy. I'm not gonna play them again. It might just be me trying to like avoid voodoo. Um, but I love them plus three. Like that, that's—I think I, I think that spread is wrong.
0: I'm with you. The thing is, it's juiced towards the Ravens, so you can see Uh, getting to three and a half. I mean, if it gets to three and a half, I would absolutely. I would play the Saints at three if it were. You know, if I didn't think it was moving, Um, it it does look like it is is going to move. So I would try and wait for a a three and a half. But I'm just going to put it down because you know we we only record the podcast twice a week, so we got to give the people what they want. Um, they're marching, George. They're marching. You know, they're marching. So um, I'm rolling with the Saints here. Baltimore is a really good team, but they're not a great team. And in today's NFL, it's like there are a couple great teams. And then every other team is like some variation of good. And wait, hold on. Hold on. I'm going. I'm sorry. I forgot something. I'm not betting on Andy Dalton in prime time. I'm not going to do it. That's oh, yeah, that red yeah.
2: rifle. That you is what this is. The red okay, rifle? I, I can't
0: believe it took me this long to figure out why this was three. Okay, I want nothing to do with Andy Dalton. <laughs> Andy Dalton has played well, like legitimately yeah. well. Has graded and graded really well. There's a reason that Jameis Winston is on the bench. By the way, let me fix the Jets real quick. Go trade for Jameis Winston. <laughs> I thought you were say Andy Dalton. <laughs> oh, either one. I would trade. I would rather have Jameis. I mean, he has. I think Jameis, there's still a chance that you've got um, a guy that could be a top 10, 12 quarterback for a season. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I can't do it. I can't do it. I've I've already bet against Dalton in primetime. It's done well for me. I'm out.
2: The Ravens know him very well too. They played him twice a year for about a decade. So sure. that's
0: that, that's fair. True. True. Um. That is, we got a, a a nice set of bets here. Let's see, Arjun, you've got six. It looks like um, we've got a teaser out here as well. So hopefully, hopefully the good uh, the good juju maintains for this week. Um, Arjun, Brad, are there bets that of the ones that we kind of called out that you like the most so far?
2: I mean, Arjun, your your Eagles' first half, like it's it's funny you said it because it, it was the first thing I wrote down. So I love that one for next week. Or, yeah, know, that, that's a that's
3: a system play for me at this point. Um, I also <laughs> I also like uh, the Vikings' first quarter against the against the Commanders. Um, yeah, I, I, you can take that first half as well, but I think first quarter is better, and you're probably going to get some juicy odds for that as
0: well. Both of those are great. I, I love our teaser. Um, Brad, with, with Jacksonville and Seattle. I think Seattle's been my, my most profitable side uh, of any team so far this year in Pete Carroll, I trust. And uh, by the way, we should end the podcast with this, which is Russell Wilson manages to win a game in London. He's on the plane ride home, probably doing you know high knees. Maybe he's swimming laps down the, uh, down the aisle on the plane, and getting buried by his former team after the game, I think Tyler Lockett said it's just great, uh, or it's it's great when um, no one cares about who gets the credit. Uh, ostensibly, a huge shot at <laughs> Ross, which is just just incredible. Um, but it looks like the, the so the Broncos now are going to be um, buyers at the trade deadline. Brad,
2: yes. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of the one thing <laughs> I wanted to mention, just the one uh, when we were talking about the Rams against the Bucks. The Rams are gonna buy someone. Like they're addicted to spending. They they mm-hmm. have like retail therapy when they when they get smacked by the Shanahan 49ers. So that was when I was like, Am I betting on Brandon Cooks becoming a 49er? Or I mean a Ram in the next couple of days. Um, but yeah, no, Denver, I think if they're smart, they're still probably selling off some uh some some small parts. With the Rams, especially with Cup getting injured, yeah, that has to
0: increase the the chances. I, I would have said that they're after playing the Niners, who outbid them for McCaffrey, there was no doubt that they were going to go spend for a running back. But without Cup, it feels like Cooks would make a ton of sense.
2: And you say he avoided disaster, so it's not like a season-ending injury, but it's still probably one where he maybe maybe misses a game, if not, like you said, he's not 100%. Um, yeah, I think it raises the odds Cooks gets moved there. My understanding is it's more about, well, first, the Rams have, have a stronger package than Green Bay um, so far. Uh, and then I saw the Giants and the Vikings get mentioned. I just, I don't know. I don't buy those teams all of a sudden becoming buyers. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. So I think it's the Rams' race to lose. Um, and it's more about the contract. Figuring out he has a fully guaranteed, I want to say $18 million salary yeah. for next year, 2023. Um, they're trying to work around that. I think they'll figure it out. So, like I said, it's one move that I'm not expecting. But it's, uh, it's top of the list of, if I had to bet which move gets done, it's probably that one. Any others that are close to it? I mean, Pittsburgh losing again today makes me think they're going to sit down and be realistic with themselves about Chase Claypool. I just – apparently, they've been so stingy. My understanding is they don't – some people have said second-round pick. What I was told was a third-round pick, maybe end of day three, would get it done – and as much as I'm a fan of the green Bay approach and being frugal and all that, if they don't t- trade a third round pick for chase Claypool and try to salvage this season, what was the point of bringing back Aaron Rodgers and uh, Devandre Campbell and Rasul? Like, why do all of that? If you're not going to make a move for a rookie contract, good receiver for a third round pick, I, you know, so that's just my thoughts. though. Why well, does Claypool make any sense for the Packers? I, they just need I mean, more bodies, I, man. They just need someone who can catch a rush. I,
0: I guess, I guess, but it just feels like they need someone who can can separate a little bit. I would,
2: I would think Cooks makes more sense there. Um, yeah, I've told their their package is just not as strong. Uh, their offer for Cooks, I don't think I want to spend the money. Whereas Claypool's yeah. the rookie contract. I think that's the big differentiator. Someone's going to make a list tomorrow. All the.
0: Receivers that the Packers have passed up in the first and second round. And it's going to be pretty <laughs> glorious. But uh, I'll say this, Josiah Degara and A.J. Dillon look amazing back there. So you can't really fault them for that. And, and Najee Harris, former first round pick, um, <laughs> looks amazing uh, as well. He has resurrected the Pittsburgh franchise. Um, poor guy. That's our show. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday night, of course, to um, get some live betting going with, uh, with Judah and Pick our lock of the week. Thank you, fellas, for hanging out. Members of the Printing Press, we love you. Have a great Monday.